0: Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I am your host, Cody McBroom, and today we have a solo podcast, so my counterpart is not here today, and I'm going to do a physique update. So I'm going to tell you guys about my current cut, where my situation is at, um, and some insights I've had. I've been getting a lot of questions because uh, I document the whole process. So if you're not following me on Instagram or YouTube, um, we've been doing vlogs on the YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Cody McBroom one. So the number one, and then Instagram is at Cody McBroom. And I've been sharing on my story, documenting on YouTube, posting some insights on my uh, news, on the newsfeed side of things too on Instagram, but really just kind of documenting the process, sharing what I'm doing, sharing what I'm doing differently. And I've been getting a lot of questions because I've been uh, documenting the process publicly and it's been a while since I've done that. And the reason it's been a while is because I haven't dieted in a while and I'm going to kind of get into that and why that's important to do. So my goal with today is to answer some of the questions I've been getting um, that I would assume other people might have. And if they haven't had, they would generally have. So maybe they haven't wanted to ask me per se because maybe they could give two fucks about my fat loss program and how I'm doing, but they might be interested in the actual methods or practices or things that I'm learning about my body as I go through this and why I'm doing what I'm doing and how I've done things along the way to see some pretty good results because I'm down... Uh, Almost 10 pounds now in the last uh, seven weeks, so I'm down nine pounds as of today, and it's been seven weeks long, and so I have about a week and a half left until my photo shoot, Um, so it was an eight and a half week cut, and we went pretty aggressive, especially in the tail end of this, the second half. And I want to teach you guys about it because I think there's a lot that you can take away from this and apply to your own fat loss pursuit. Uh, Before we get into the podcast, though, I do want to give a quick shout out to all the cool shit that we have to offer. Um, Number one, the sponsor of this podcast is First Form, and I appreciate them supporting my cut by supplying me with the supplements I need during this cut. You can head over to firstform.com slash method to check out all that they have, and they have quite a bit, so I've been taking the Adrenal Restore to help with my stress levels during cut, the creatine, the protein, the pre-workout. I was using the intra-workout, but I had to cut carbs, and I just had to take carbs away from my workout because I wanted to save them for food uh, at a certain point, Uh, and a few other supplements to help my sleep my recovery, so on and so forth. But there's so much that they offer. So go check that out, guys. Once more, that is firstform.com slash method. Next, I want to shout out our free content. So if you enjoyed this podcast, I know that you would love all the other free stuff that we have to offer. That is going to be the YouTube vlogs, which are dropping twice a week. Every single Thursday or Friday, we are dropping a vlog, which is much more of a casual uh, video style of going through my day, going through my training, my meals, kind of taking you through my life. And then on Tuesdays, we drop a topic. So we actually go through uh, and educate you. We've done... Hunger Hacks, uh, as you're listening to this, this week I believe is the Flexible Dieting versus Meal Plan where we break down studies on the two. Um, So we're actually educating you on specific topics every week as well. Uh, If you want free guides, we have a ton of free Ebooks and webinars on the website. You can head to slash guides. You can get those. They are in depth guides that are going to teach you a hell of a lot completely free, no charge. Uh, and last but not least, of course, if you need training or nutrition help, you can head over to trainercom I'm sorry, tailoredtrainerapp.com com to get the app, which provides daily workouts via your phone, so you have a personal trainer in your pocket, basically. And if you need a little bit more one-on-one attention, which most people do when they are chasing fat loss or serious composition goals, you can head to tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash online-coaching, and all of these links are in the description of this podcast as well. Now, into the actual podcast, this physique update. So the first thing I wanted to touch on is um, why have I not... Dieted in so long, and it, it's been since 2019 since I've really dieted hard. So I dieted back then. I think it was a 12 week cut. It was a 12 to 14 weeks. I, it was a little bit longer than this one, um, and I'll explain why I did it shorter this time compared to that. Uh, but that cut was it was successful, and I got really lean, and I did a photo shoot, and I'm really excited to share the results of the photo shoot because I clearly look bigger and actually leaner um, already, and I still have a week and a half left um, as I'm recording this, but it's been since 2019 since I've dieted. Now, I don't necessarily think you need to take a full two and a half, three years off of dieting per se, uh, but for me, there was two unsuccessful attempts to diet in between. I think it's a good lesson for people is that Number one, you can't diet all the time. So one of the main reasons people struggle to lose fat or have success during a fat loss phase is because they just try to lose weight way too frequently. They're trying to jump into a cut and lose weight all the time, and it seems like they're spinning their wheels because every other month they're trying to diet. And the problem is is that you're overtaxing your body. You're stressing your body too much, and your body's not going to respond to the diet if you're always dieting. So the purpose of moving away from Deficit calories, being in a deficit in dieting and moving into maintenance is so that your physiological body, your psychological mind, and your physical body can recover. All three of those things need proper recovery. The physical side needs more fuel to properly fuel training so you can gain strength, gain muscle, and even support tendons, ligaments, things like that from uh, the point when you were in a deficit. Because during a deficit, you are literally in a deficit, which means you don't have as much food or fuel or actual substrates to recover the tissues in your body, which do include bone, tendon, ligament, all these things, right? So- Getting away from that allows your body to fully recover, allows you to push harder in training, allows you to sleep easier, so on and so forth. And your body needs that every once in a while. If you're constantly trying to diet, you never really give your body a a full period of time to fully recover physically from the diet you put yourself through. Uh, Psychologically speaking, if you're dieting all the time, it's just harder. And by dieting all the time, I don't mean tracking your macros all the time. I track macros year round. It's not a thing. It's not a issue to me. I'll go on vacation and I'll intuitively eat for a few days and I'm totally fine. I don't gain a much weight because I've, I've used macros to teach me how. And eventually someday I probably won't track macros because I probably won't track macros for the rest of my life. But the point is, is that I, I can do it year round and it's very lifestyle friendly to me. And I think it's important for people to hear that because some people assume that like, that's not a thing. Like it's, You're OCD or you're neurotic if you track macros year round, but that's, that's not the case. You don't need to be intuitive if you don't want to be intuitive. So I think that it's important to understand that, but the truth is, is that when you are in a deficit, you are hungrier and there are some physiological things that affect affect your psychological behavior. So you are more irritable, you are more likely to get stressed out easily. So your, I would call it your stress capacity isn't as great. Um, But long story short, it's a psychological burden to be in a deficit, is a stressful position for your body to be in, and it does take a toll on your psychology. And the reason that's important is because if you're always dieting, your psychology is always being poked and pressed and challenged. When you're in maintenance, even if you are tracking and still uh, following habits and behaviors to monitor your diet or checking in with a coach every week, nonetheless, if you are a maintenance or a surplus, your body is under less stress and therefore your psychology is going to be improved because of it. So it's important to be out of a deficit at pr- certain period of times of the year for an extended period of times during the year, because that's a break for your mind as well. And when you come back to the diet, your mind can actually be in a better place to diet and be more motivated and disciplined and adherent. So when it comes to inhibition and making decisions for your diet, like don't eat the cookies, I need to eat the salad, for example, or I can be flexible without overeating because if your psychology is is being challenged too much, you might go into a situation where you try to be quote-unquote flexible by having a couple- chips or cookies or whatever it may be. And instead of just having a couple cookies or a small bit of chips or whatever, you end up gorging, you eat way too much. Well, the reason you eat way too much is because that psychological factor is not in check, right? So if you go into those situations, but psychologically speaking, you're not burnt out because you haven't been dieting constantly, you're going to be in a much better place to go in and have a little bit. And you can control yourself because you have more discipline and willpower because both discipline and willpower are not infinite. Unless you're David Goggins, you have a, a tank, and that tank will run on empty. It's why diet breaks are so valuable. The, the biggest benefit of diet breaks are the psychological nature. So after a while of dieting, you can use a diet break to relieve the psychological side of things, and it allows you to consistently have more uh, adherence, discipline, and willpower to stay consistent in the diet. So the psychological side of it is very important. And then last but not least, the physiological side. As you diet, metabolic adaptation occurs, and that means that there are hormones and physiological processes that become more dysfunctional, unbalanced, or just decrease, right? Testosterone decreases, cortisol, the stress hormone increases, thyroid production decreases, so on and so forth. These things are physiological, And if we don't ever step away from the diet and take time off, we're not gonna reverse those adaptations. And the truth is that a diet break or a refeed or anything like that doesn't truly reverse those things. It actually just pushes pause on it. And I would say that it could lessen the degree that they happen, so I do think they're valuable in limiting the physiological adaptations that happen during a diet, but they do not completely remove it. It's more like an insurance policy. So the only way to reverse is spending multiple weeks out of the deficit after being in a deficit. So knowing that, it means that we have to have maintenance phases after these diets if we want to reverse the adaptations. So that's why it's been so long. And the cool thing is that I'm excited to show the the comparison because I pulled up a comparison just from yesterday. We took a picture in the gym of me doing kind of like a side physique pose for anybody who knows physique, but it's really just like kind of turning to the side and like flexing. And I have a picture from 2019, August 2019, of doing the same thing. Very similar lighting. It was a different gym, but same thing. Warehouse style gym um, and uh, I clearly look way more jacked I, I look bigger and i 'm ve- I was very very excited to see the picture because it shows that i 've really put in work in the last three years, and that 's one of the big pluses of Waiting before you died again. It's taking time off to repair the psychological side and the physiological side, like I said, but that physical side, that's where you start seeing a lot of progressive overload over time and you really build some muscle tissue. So now when I'm getting leaner this time, I actually look even leaner. And it's not because I'm lower in body fat, it's because I have more muscle tissue on me. Now, I weighed in this morning at 166.7 pounds, I think it was. Uh, Last time I did the photo shoot, I was 157, 158. I got to check my tracker again, but I was somewhere in between 155 and 158. And I'm 5'9 for people listening, Um, which just goes to show you, you can if you want to get really, really lean, you actually can get lighter than you would think uh, because at the end of my bulk, I was 185 pounds, right? So I'm already like 20 pounds down from there, um, but I've, I've lost almost 10 pounds. I've lost about nine pounds in this cut so far, and I look a lot l- leaner than I did, but it's not because I look so much bigger. It, I'm actually way heavier, but as a natural lifter, you're not going to be massive, right? I've put on, let's say, 10 pounds of muscle in this time, basically, but that 10 pounds is spread across my forearms, biceps, triceps, chest, shoulders, back, like, it's spread out, so it makes you look bigger, but it's not like all of a sudden I'm just like this Hulk massive guy, right? Um, If I was on gear, it would be a different story, gears and steroids, but um, that's another one of the benefits of doing this is, like, I'm able to come back to the diet and see that. Now, one thing I mentioned is that I had two unsuccessful times dieting in between that period of time and now. And the reason I mention that is because I think that you need to also be aware of when to diet. This was the perfect time for me to diet. I have really worked on balancing out my schedule so I have more flexibility in my schedule finally. Um, I'm still busier than the average individual without a doubt, but I've created a lot more space in my schedule to allow more creative time, but it also allows me to add cardio if I need to. It allows me to take more time in the gym if I need to. It allows me to prep meals more. Um, It allows me to dial things in a little bit and take care of my body, which has paid off a ton. Um, Last time I tried to diet, I, I didn't have that, right? So I... I initially got out of a bulk and went to diet, and I started to cut, and it was successful. But really, what we did is we just kind of brought me down to maintenance and hung out there. And my weight shifted a little bit, which really just kind of like water weight, and a little bit fell off. And I went from probably like 185 to about 180 pounds. Um, and then I stayed at maintenance, and uh, it was the holidays, so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to diet right now. This makes no sense. I'm just going to try my best to maintain this like 180 pounds uh, while I get through the holidays. And I actually did. I maintained. I actually ended up dropping a little bit and ended up being at 178, which I think was kind of like an energy flux theory, right? So like I was eating at maintenance, but it was enough food for me to like have a higher knee and train really hard and ended up dropping a couple pounds of fat at maintenance, which was great. And I didn't binge in the holidays and it avoided weight gain, which is really a big plus too. And then from there, uh, I decided to jump into a cut, and I jumped in aggressive, like, let's get after it, let's get shredded. And uh, it was uh, was right before we were preparing for my daughter to go through kidney surgery. So we had to quarantine ourselves because it was during COVID, and we had to be 100% positive that she was completely... Good. And same with us before going into the surgery. Um, and so we were quarantined for a month and then we went into surgery, which was a long process. I mean, we were in the hospital for a week, and then we had weeks of trying to um basically quarantine her again because after surgery we had to be safe and uh make sure she didn't get sick from anything. I mean, even the common cold would have fucked her up because she was in an impaired state. Um, and thank God she's totally fine now. She's healthier than ever and she's uh the happiest little girl. Um, and we don't have to take antibiotics, she's not She says no issues anymore, um, no kidney infection. So we're extremely happy and blessed with how everything went. Uh, But the point being is like I tried to do a cut right before that should happen. So I got like a month, maybe a month and a half in, and I kept finding myself uh, falling off on the weekends, falling off during the week, not really caring enough to like measure my food properly properly. And uh, the truth was is I just didn't care enough about it because I had other things on my mind, rightfully so. As a parent, I could give two fucks about anything outside of my daughter because I was, I was anxious about it. And not only my daughter, but I had to be there for my wife, right? Like she is, that's like, she's mama bear. So I'm like, okay, I need to be the rock, not show that I'm scared and I need to be here for my daughter. Like I couldn't diet. So I, I threw in the towel on the diet, went back to maintenance and just coasted um, and went back to building muscle. And, and essentially I just stayed at like a lean gaining rate, right? I was, I was at maintenance and then there would be like days where I'd like slowly float, like 5% up of calories, maybe into a surplus. But nonetheless, I was just training really hard doing like a day or two of aerobic conditioning, not to burn fat, but just to keep my aerobic system good. And I was just eating and just training and and just living. So I wasn't trying to push gains really hard, wasn't trying to do anything. And it wasn't because I was trying to sit at maintenance. Like I didn't, I, I don't want you guys to hear that and go, oh, the reason Cody's fat loss diet this time has gone so well is because he stayed at maintenance for a year. And that means being at maintenance for years, what time you need in order to prime your metabolism. I don't believe that, you know, we start a lot of people and we take them through a primer phase and sometimes that primer phase is three weeks, sometimes it's three months, but it's, it's rarely ever a year, you know, unless we take somebody through it and the, they have their hyper responder to reverse dieting. Uh, maybe they have a thrifty metabolism where they adapt quickly and during the reverse, that adaptation leads to fat loss. I mean, shit, we might milk that. Why change something if you're losing weight on more calories? Uh, but as far as getting your body to a good place to lose weight, I don't think you need that long. However, for me, based on getting through the surgery, getting through my daughter's recovery, having some trips planned, work being crazy, we were growing, expanding. We started launching some new things. Like, I just wasn't in a place to diet, right? So um, two attempts didn't work out. Now came the time where I'm like, you know what? This is, this is it. I'm going to grab a coach, get things started, ramp it up. So I hit up Jackson, uh, who you guys have heard on the podcast a couple of times, uh, somebody I respect, somebody I really like, I enjoy talking with them. Uh, we work well together because we're very similar in many regards. <laughs> and uh, I, I do well with an appro- like a no bullshit approach. And he'll just kind of tell me how it is. Um, and it's kind of nice that I can take my emotions out of it. And I think that's one of the most important things for coaches to understand that coaches usually do better by hiring coaches as well, because we will get too analytical with ourselves and we cross our, our emotional bias crosses our science based bias right so now we're making decisions off emotions instead of uh, analytics and science and it's nice to be able to be like okay i'm i'm not even going to worry about anything like you make the decisions of when we need to adjust and I'll just follow your lead and it it removes the emotions from it, right? But nonetheless, I took a lot of time off, guys, and what it led to was more muscle tissue, so now I'm gonna look better at this cut. Um, It's gonna be easier to maintain a lower body fat percentage after this cut because I'm absolutely gonna reverse pretty slowly. I know a lot of people say you shouldn't, you should reverse fast. Um, I'm gonna test that theory because I feel pretty good. I'm hungry and my energy is low on some days, but from a hormonal perspective, I feel pretty good. Like I'm not... 100% 100% but I feel pretty damn good com- relatively speaking and I think it's partially because as I went into a diet I actually like focused on sleep and my schedule and meditation again and things like that so I balanced the stresses but nonetheless I'm going to test the theory and I'm going to try to reverse diet pretty slowly and we're going to try to keep me pretty fucking lean uh, because that's that's my goal right and then I'll go into a lean gaining phase but the point is is that I took enough time to put my body in a really healthy place to build a lot of muscle 10 pounds obviously that's Three years, but as an advanced lifter, like that's a lot of weight, and so I'm really, really happy with how it went. And I think the take-home message there is just that you should be patient in between cuts. Don't try to bounce from cut to cut to cut. This is long-term periodization for dieting. It means not being in a rush. It might mean thinking about your perfect, ideal physique and taking two years to get there. And two years would look like you, you maybe you start with us and you hire us as coach, and you're like, hey, I want to take two years to get to my ideal physique. We might take you through a cut reverse you, maintain for a while while building muscle, amping you up, and then take you through another cut, reverse you, maintain that new physique, and then you're good. But that two-year process allowed you to lose body fat, build muscle, lose more body fat than the first time, and then maintain a leaner physique with more muscle and better health and a higher caloric intake. But that's not going to happen overnight. It takes time. And I'm proof of this because I've spent three years and that's literally what happened. I have never dieted on this many calories before in my life. I've never dieted on this many calories, and it's because I took the time and I periodized it properly. So being patient is very, very key. Now, my cut, just to give you guys some stats, and then I'm going to go into the questions I've gotten. Um, Total duration has been about seven weeks so far. It'll be eight and a half week cut. The reason we decided to go fast was because I didn't want to use any diet breaks. I didn't want to use any refeeds. I didn't want to have any high days. I wanted to just get after it. So I still have enjoyed some wine with my wife every single week, or maybe it's whiskey. depends on what's floating my boat that night. Um, But I adjust the diet. I kind of do like a a modified um, protein spraying fast on those days. So I have like a protein shake for breakfast, usually like just like grilled chicken and broccoli for lunch, another protein shake for for dinner. And then I have plenty of calories to play with for some wine and meats and cheeses or whatever we want to do. If we want to go out to dinner, whatever it may be. Um, And I've done that once a week, every week. I'm going to do it every week of the diet. The only weekend I'm not going to do it is the weekend right before because it's just my photo shoots on a Wednesday. So, uh, which basically means this weekend as I'm recording, this is my last weekend of drinks. And then I'm going to take a week off of drinking or eating out or anything like that. Be really rigid for a week and a half going into the last bit. But relatively speaking, if you have a photo shoot for per se, like it's different, right? If I wasn't doing a photo shoot, I wouldn't even cut that out. But the truth is, is doing a photo shoot, I want to reduce bloating, water retention, anything I possibly can the week before. So, uh, but Total eight weeks. I wanted to just get after it. I Because I took that much time at maintenance and, and kind of just slowly settling down, I actually came into it in a pretty good place. I didn't have a ton of weight to lose, and I, I felt confident being pretty aggressive with it because I knew I could manage my training, my supplementation, my diet, all those things well enough to maintain muscle while being aggressive. And you can get away with being pretty aggressive as long as it's not too long. So if you have a minimal amount of body fat to lose and you want to be more aggressive, you can do so for 10 weeks or less and not worry about too much atrophy or negative uh, ish, negative consequences or adaptations whereas if you try to be the, as aggressive as I'm being right now for 16 weeks you'd probably run into some issues um, and if you wanted to still be that aggressive because you like fast results that motivates you and a lot of people are that way they want to see something happen quick because it keeps them going you might be the person that does be, take an aggressive approach for 12 to 16 weeks but you'd be aggressive for two weeks take one week out of diet break so really even if you dieted for 16 weeks you're not actually dieting for 16 weeks you're dieting for uh what would that be uh i don't even know 10 10 weeks maybe whatever it would be right if you dieted if you did that way for 12 week or 12 weeks it would be even less but the point is every every 2 weeks you take a diet break week or maybe it's 3 on 1 off whatever it may be um and in that case you wouldn't be dieting straight that aggressive and that's okay but if you're going to diet straight you don't want to be that aggressive if it's a long period of time I do better that way. If I have a refeed or a diet break, it makes me want to say fuck it and just eat way more. Um, I'm the type that likes to get like bodybuilder mindset and just get into the diet and just grind it out, you know, and and just get after it. Um, The only thing I will say is that because I set myself up properly, it has allowed me to diet on more calories, which means it's easier for me to do so. And that's the only caution I would say. Typically, the lower your calories have to get in order to lose weight, the more valuable diet breaks are because it's more of a grinder. Um, but the longer you take at maintenance, the more muscle you build, the longer you spend dieting, uh, not dieting and dieting because you can do it slow and sustainable, the more calories you can diet on uh, in the long run. So it's important to think about that. Um, my starting macros, actually, we'll pull them up for you guys. So I'm 5'9". I started at uh, the beginning of the diet. I was 176 pounds. I started at uh, 210 grams of protein, 300 grams of carbs, and 70 grams of fat. It was about 2650 calories, um, and we we started there and just did two uh, sessions of HIT, um, six rounds, one minute on, two minute off. Um, and that honestly only lasted about three weeks. So we didn't st- spend too much time doing that reason being is because hit is pretty intensive. So as soon as we started actually dipping calories down, we shifted that into low intensity cardio. Um, but that was where I started. That was closer to maintenance, kind of just like trying to feel out where we were. Um, after two weeks, I dropped like a half a pound, really nothing at all. And that was just for me cleaning up the diet. So we dropped my, my calories, uh, a bit. So we went from 210 protein to 200 protein. 290 carbs to 220 carbs and 70 grams of fat to 65 grams of fat. Um, and I'm rounding here. Exact numbers were 197 221, and 67 grams fat. And it was 2275 calories. So we cut about 400 calories. Um, yeah, about 400 calories. Uh, and we kept the two, uh, the s- two sessions of hit and we bumped up my low in- or my step count to 11 K still didn't implement any low intensity cardio. Um, From there, I dropped uh, two pounds and then we adjusted again. And that adjustment was from fat. We kept carbs and protein basically the same, and we dropped fat by 10 grams down to 55 grams, and we were at about 2,100 calories. And we removed the HIT cardio, and we implemented four days a week, four to five days a week if I could. Basically, every day after strength training, we would add 20 minutes of lists on the bike at a pretty good pace. Like, I wanted to break a sweat, get my heart rate up, but nothing too overwhelming. Um, and I was drinking essential amino acids during my workouts, and I still am. That was on April 18th. And since then, it's been one, two, three, four, five weeks, and I haven't adjusted my diet since. So I'm still at 200 grams of uh, protein, 217 carbs, 55 grams of fat. And I lie, we did adjust one thing. The only thing we adjusted is that that 217 grams of carbs counts my intra workout carbohydrate shake, which was is 25 grams. So when I'm not drinking that, it is just below 200 grams of carbs. So I'm like 190 something grams of carbs. I think it's like 196 grams of carbs. Um, and what we recently did literally just like a week ago was just cut it out completely. So I'm just below that, but nonetheless, I'm still at about 2050 calories a day doing five days of list cardio plus 11,000 steps. And it's just been that the whole time. And I've gone down to hundred my average this week so far is 166.6 pounds. Um, I weighed in this morning, I lied 165.7. So I am officially down 10 pounds, uh, since the beginning of the diet and, uh, and it's noticeable, but it's, it's been very steady and it's been less adjustments, which a big thing there is like, sometimes it's less about adjusting the diet and constantly tweaking. It's more about consistency and precision. So I've been following a meal plan this whole time and it makes it very, very accurate. So, um, that's the general consensus. I that was my macros. I was doing no cardio, and that's how my cardio shifted over the course of the time. Uh, my training program has been five days a week of lifting this entire time. Uh, as you were listening to this, you can actually go get the program. The program is uh, it's called Pure Bodybuilding and is in the Taylor Trainer app. So you can go to teotrainerapp.com or if you're already a member, uh, you should see that in there now. And that is literally the program I've been doing this whole time. And it's, uh, I'm on the last four week block. So as you start, you'll see how it's shifted, Uh, but it's a little bit of an unorthodox approach. So it's Monday is chest and back. Uh, Tuesday is legs and arms. Um, Wednesday is rest Thursday is shoulders, back, so shoulders, lats, and and abs. And I throw abs in on Monday as well. And then Friday is chest and legs. And then Saturday is uh, shoulders, traps, and arms. So it's unorthodox in the sense that it's not a typical split. But I'm or- organizing the volume where there's no carryover. So I'm not uh, hit- I'm hitting the muscles at a certain frequency. I'm hitting the muscles with a certain amount of recovery. I'm spacing out certain muscle groups in a certain way. I'm am isolating muscles in a certain way. So it's a it's a really good, well-rounded program if you're just trying to enhance your physique. Um, and I've been really enjoying it. It's a lot of uh, pure bodybuilding work, obviously, but It's good for when you're trying to diet because it's not overly intense, but it is a good amount of volume that's going to help you. And then you hit the abs quite a bit because one of my goals was to hit abs every other session. And I won't lie. I kind of veered off the program and started doing them at the end of every single session um, just to up the frequency as I got closer to the photo shoot. Um, so that's what I've been doing. Uh, now the next question I have been getting a lot of is what have I done differently this time around compared to last time? Um, I think the the main reason that my, my results are so much better was because I took more time at maintenance. Um, prior to the last photo shoot, it was... Uh, one of those things where you know, a lot of coaches who are on social media are guilty of this, just trying to stay lean all the time because you think you need to for marketing purposes. But the reality is, is you're hurting your physique and your health long term, so I don't think that's the best route to go um, unless you do it right, which again, I'm going to try to do it right after this, but I won't lie. If I start reversing and my health isn't improving or if my health is in a bad place at any point from being too lean, I will be the first to jump up my calories and put on a little bit of fat because that's the example I want to be. But also, I want to live life in a healthy body, not in a shredded, unhealthy body. Um, That's the biggest thing I've done differently. Uh, My body has responded much better because I took more time off and I actually went through a surplus gaining muscle before this time around compared to last time. Um, as far as my diet, not much has been different uh, as far as macros. I, I, I've always followed a, I, both times I had coaches, but this just goes to show you most people who are experts in physique coaches, uh, experts with physique transformation, they program nutrition very similarly and this is how I do it too. High protein, high carb, low fat. I think it works best for for physique enhancement and for uh, getting really lean and maintaining muscle. Um, and I've done that both times. So my fats have been around the same protein has been around the same. my carbs got lower last time around. Uh, I just am able to handle more carbs this time around. I think for numerous reasons, one being the time off, but two being, uh, just that I have more muscle tissue on my body. Uh, that's the main thing I did different with diet. Uh, actually the, the other main thing I did differently was last time I, I was really more following a flexible dieting approach. This time I'm following a meal plan. Um, and I think that what I've learned from that is that I think there is a good balance to have between the two, Um, and if you head over to our YouTube channel, we do have a video on this uh, that we just released, and it is taking two different research studies that compared flexible dieting and meal plans and then gave the results, and some of the results are actually pretty surprising, but it's a very informative video, so I suggest you go over to youtube.com slash McBroom one and check that out. It's a really, really good video. Uh, I chose to follow a meal plan this time, uh, partially because I wanted to test it out and partially because it is way easier for my lifestyle. Monday through Friday, I have the same exact routine. I'm a very routine oriented person. So I wake up, I have my coffee, I go on a walk, I do my reading, journaling, meditate, Um, I usually create some content before anybody and I do all this before my girls are up um, and I create some content because I have like the creative juices are flowing then I make breakfast Uh, usually that's around when my daughter wakes up so I'll hang with her eat see her for a little bit in the morning kiss my girls go to work uh, get to the office and then I sit in my office all damn day working with clients, creating content, shooting with Trav, and then eventually I train at three, get home at five, eat dinner, hang with the family, out by 10 p.m., wake up, do it again. Monday through Friday is its exact same thing, literally. Um, so because of that, it works way better for me if I can eat the same thing for breakfast, same thing for lunch, same thing for second lunch because I have two meals during the day and then same thing for dinner. and Then I have dessert at night, and I'm good. Um, and Shannon, don't care, she, she's a routine person too. She doesn't eat the exact same thing I do, but she's a routine person as well. So we kind of eat the same thing every day and that's just what we like. Um, but the big kicker here is that I know what my daily macros are. So I think a meal plan works good in that regard if it doesn't cause stress and everybody's different. Some people follow meal plans and it causes more stress. They feel like trapped and they feel like they're following a rigid plan. Other people, it actually creates more freedom because they don't have to think about their food. And whatever way is going to give you more freedom, make you feel better, less stressed, that's the route you should go. Both are going to work. That's a fact. The, the the bonus or the plus side of meal plans, in my opinion, is less variability. So- if we're eating flexibly, uh, different foods are going to have different digestion rates. Different foods are going to sit differently. Different foods are going to retain different amounts of water to have different amounts of sodium. Um, When we can regulate all these different variabilities, it doesn't make us more healthy. So it's not that if something digests slower or faster or has more or less sodium or retains more or less water, you're healthier or less healthy by any means. But it will create less weight fluctuations and it makes it way easier to make adjustments, right? Because you can track your metrics more accurately. And you're also adjusting off of something that's not changing because if we're changing our meals too frequently following a flexible dieting approach, we also know that the calories and macros aren't going to be as accurate as they would be with a meal plan because not everything is perfectly accurate. It's just a fact, uh, especially when we eat processed foods or packaged goods or anything like that. However, if we eat the same packaged good every single day, that's an unchanged variable. So even if those macros aren't 100% accurate or they're a little bit estimated because it's a food label which can be estimated, it's that same inaccuracy happening every single day and that leads to greater success long-term because it's easier to adjust when the variables aren't shifting things so much. Um, but what I also know is on Saturday and Sunday, I don't want to follow that. So Sunday I will follow my meal plan unless, um, I feel like I'm retaining or I maybe what I ate was a little bit inaccurate. Cause there's been plenty of weekends on Saturdays where I think I estimated my calories pretty good, but I probably went over. So I pull back calories a little bit the next day and just focus more on protein or whatever it may be. Um, but for the most part, I'd be pretty flexible on Saturday and then Sunday to Friday is just my meal plan. And that works better for my lifestyle. But if I can utilize the meal plan to get better results and cause less stress, while still knowing what my daily macros are and how to be flexible with my diet, which I do on Saturdays, I'm gonna be extremely successful because I'm taking the best of both worlds. I'm taking the the successful aspects of a meal plan and the successful aspects of flexible dieting and I'm putting them together to give myself a system. And I have multiple clients who use this this. Uh, we use this with as well and they're thriving because of it so i don't think we can say meal plans are bad or flexible dieting 's is bad or clean food or bad. like there's no one route right we can't be dogmatic about this and i think a combination of balance is best um training hasn't been much different um i've gone through different training phases over the last three years um through strength phases, hypertrophy phases, I typically train in a hypertrophy-style training, like a bodybuilder-style training, uh, three-quarters of the year, and then I will I will plop in a couple strength blocks throughout the year. So, like, usually I'll have, like, two to three months of low-rep, low-volume strength training at some point just to switch things up and build some strength and have fun. Um But I'm pretty sure my training was exactly the same. So I wouldn't say anything changed there. Cardio did change. I'm doing more cardio than I did last time. Um, I'm walking way more. My steps are way higher than they were. And I'm riding the bike after every session. Um, And I think that has helped quite a bit. I don't think cardio is like the end all be all. I don't think cardio is as powerful as diet is uh, in regards of creating a deficit. However, I do find that when I implement cardio with clients who don't do cardio, they adapt very well to it. The, the caveat there is it's not a long-term strategy. So for example, we really ramped up the cardio the last like four weeks of this process and it's working really well because I don't ever rely on cardio. I don't really do cardio. So my body adapted and responded to it really well because it's a novelty stimulus. It's a new stimulus to me. Same reason why if somebody comes to us and they've never really do- dove into macros or been in a deficit or track their diet or anything like that, they usually get great results because when we create uh, some type of protocol or regulation around those factors and they've never done so before, they're a hyper responder. They respond super well but never done it, right? Somebody who is in CrossFit for a long time then comes to me and starts bodybuilding, they get great results because it's a novelty stimulus. So I think cardio works the same way. I've been doing low intensity on the bike because it's way easier on my joints um, and it doesn't negatively impact my strength training. It actually just helps my recovery and it actually improves. Research shows the bike can actually help improve squatting because it it is mimicking the squat mechanics of your hip and knee, um, flexion and extension. But Uh, That's the only difference with cardio like I've that's the biggest difference in this entire dieting process that I've had and uh, and I think I've responded really well but here's the kicker like if I don't reverse out of it properly by slowly removing that cardio and then eventually not doing anything outside of just having a healthy step count. I don't think my body will respond well to it next time I try to do it. So if I just kept doing cardio, my body would get too adapted to it and it wouldn't respond well. So I think cardio is a great tool to throw in towards the tail end of a cut and do it a good amount, but it only lasts a certain amount of time and I think it it will work really well in the future again if you do it in that way. You bring it in, you utilize it, you respond well to it, you slowly reverse it out by lessening how much you do week by week until you're not doing any extra cardio and then you can save it on your tool belt as a tool for the next time around if you want to cut again. Um, what has my supplement regimen been for this cut? That that was a common question. Um, my supplements haven't really changed much at all, to be honest with you. Um, every single night I take, uh, I drink magnesium supplement from First Form. Everything I'm going to list off is from First Form, obviously. Uh. And it's uh, the the magnesium is really good. I think there's a lot of people who are deficient in magnesium. It's a very common, uh, especially in athletes, but it's a very common nutrient to be deficient in and not get enough of in your diet. Uh, there's also research to support that if you're deficient in magnesium, you're going to have a tough time absorbing and utilizing vitamin D. Vitamin D is extremely important. So if anything else, if, if for no, no other reason but to just make sure you're getting the most out of your vitamin D that's, that's a good reason to take it. Um, but it's also extremely helpful for nerve cramps, uh, nerve recovery, muscle recovery, cramping, stuff like that. Um, so I take that every night. Uh, I also take vitamin D every single day. Um, I take 5,000 to 10,000 IU's, which 10,000 is like maxing it out. Um, but there's a lot of good research to support high levels of vitamin D being super good for people. And I live in Washington, which is dark, gloomy and shitty weather constantly. So, uh, I double down on vitamin D until the summer months. Um, I have been taking a uh, the night tea, So the night tea is not literally tea. It's like tea stands for testosterone. But I would caution people, like I don't think it's a testosterone booster. Um, I think women can take it too. Uh, I don't really believe in natural testosterone boosters. I mean, I, I think they're good. They can be good for you, but they're not gonna boost testosterone to a significant degree. So for example, there's a couple things in there. One being zinc. Uh, zinc has been shown to increase testosterone levels, but only if you're deficient in zinc. So if you're somebody who is not, deficient in zinc and you take zinc expecting to get testosterone boosting effects, you're going to be shit out of luck because it's just not how it works. But uh there is some things in there like GABA and, and, and melatonin, things that just help you sleep and calm down and, and relax your body. That's been a game changer for my sleep. So I've been taking that every single night as well. Um I take adrenal uh, support, which is gonna be like ashwagandha and a couple other things that just help lower cortisol at night um and throughout the day. So just managing my stress levels. Uh I take fish oil and mobility from them, which both of those come in a stack, which is kind of nice because you can buy them the joint stack. Um I don't think I necessarily need the mobility, but ever since I've had knee surgeries, I've always just kind of taken extra curcumin, collagen, fish oil, stuff like that, just to be safe. I just want my joints to always feel good and be healthy and last long. Um, I don't think it's a crucial supplement for people, but if you're somebody like me who's training five days a week and beating up your body for decades on end, like, I think it's important to do everything you can, uh, Because right now, my joints might feel good, but in the future, they might not. So I want to do everything I can to help that. So I do take their mobility supplement. I take the fish oil. I take five of the fish oils because I want over two grams of EPA, which has been shown to have neurological protective effects against uh, Alzheimer's, uh, mood, depression, anxiety, stuff like that. Uh, But you got to take a lot. So and theirs is high dose. So like a normal uh, fish oil, usually you got to take like six to eight of those to get two grams of EPA, unfortunately, but theirs is really high dose. They outperform the rest on EPA, which is nice per capsule. Um, so I take five of those daily, obviously whey protein, uh, have, uh, as well, um, for when I need it. Uh, I do take their pre-workout project. One is my favorite pre-workout. They have a few different ones, but I like project one because the, the betaine, the citrulline malate, the, and the beta alanine are like, the most important pre-workout ingredients in order to stimulate muscle growth and have a better pump in the gym, in my opinion, and based on the research. So I like to have that for, for that reason. That's the one I go with. Um, what else? Uh, greens and reds. Obviously, I take greens drink in the morning. And then uh, while I'm cooking breakfast, and I have a reds drink with my breakfast. Um, I take their multivitamin. Again, as an insurance policy because as we get leaner and we diet, we are more susceptible to water and fat-soluble vitamins. And it's important to just kind of double down and make sure you're getting that. I do use their collagen in my breakfast. Uh, I have a really good real video. Um, if you scroll down a bit of, of my uh, coffee recipe, it's unbelievable. Almond milk, collagen, stevia. Whip it up with a little uh, whisk uh, what are, the, I don't know what those are called. The little metal things that spin around with a spring. Um, I don't know. They whip them at coffee shops and shit makes it all foamy. Um, but I have that, uh, and I think that's about it. Um, I was having the intra workout. Oh yeah. The intra workout. So intraformance, uh, which is EAAs and highly branched pedestrian as well as some like fructose and sodium, things like that. Really good intra workout supplement. As my carbs got lower, we cut that out and now I'm just having their EAAs. I'm a bro in that sense. I don't think there's, you don't, you don't need to have a essential amino acid in your workout, but when you're in a calorie deficit and you're doing cardio post-training and stuff like that, I still believe that there's value in having extra protein or aminos in your system while you're doing it just to ensure you're not, you know, I've been training so hard for so long. I don't want to, I'll, I'll do everything I can to possibly maintain muscle. So I think for certain people, it makes sense, but that's what I'm doing for supplements on this cut. Um, and the last two questions I've really had are like, what's my end goal? And then what are the plans after the cut? So my end goal was pretty simple. Like get as shredded as possible for a photo shoot. I just wanted to outperform my last photo is like all. Um, and I wanted to be a good role model to you guys. Honestly, like I, uh, I don't, I didn't need to get leaner. I was, I was healthy. I felt good. Uh, my wife prefers me with a little, uh, extra meat on my bones anyway, so I didn't need to get shredded for her. Um, it, there was nothing outside of like, really, I just love the game. Like I'm, I'm a recreational and hobbyist when it comes to bodybuilding but I love, I love it as an endeavor because it pushes me mentally. It, it's a, it makes, it sharpens my blade of self-discipline and I think it's important for me to be a good role model to individuals like you on how to do this properly and show you guys that I am in the trenches doing it myself. So my end goal was to show up for myself to build self-discipline, to just jump back in the game because I think it's important for me to do every couple of years, like really go through a hard cut and uh, and show up for as a leader for my team and for the clients and for all the listeners and followers and just to kind of represent present what we do and lead from the front so to speak and then of course like really uh, I wanted to outperform my last physique which I already did so I've already accomplished that and I'm a week and a half out but I'm so excited to get solid pictures I have the same uh, photographer coming out and the way we did the last like ones was perfect because it was in August. This will be in June. So it's going to be nice out. Uh, We opened the bay doors and I had the natural sunlight coming in when I was doing hitting the poses and I'm going to do the exact same thing so I can have a perfect comparison of a before and after and show what the difference is when you take three years to put on muscle and do it the right way. And, uh, and it's exciting because, you know, I had somebody comment on one of my reels the other day where I was shirtless and they're like, damn, you're jacked. Like those shirts hide a lot. And it's cool because I think that there's a lot of people who you know, see people on Instagram. They're like, God, they're so they're so jacked, they're so huge. I don't want to get huge. They're not like some of these people are s- smaller than you would think. They just are constantly taking pictures shirtless or with a pump in the gym. Even I do that because half the time we're taking shots, we're training. But, like, I put a shirt or a hoodie on, I just look like a normal-ass fucking dude because I'm just a natural lifter. But it's really cool to be able to take your shirt off and look pretty damn impressive. So my goal was that, you know, to be a, a role model for the dads and the normal dudes who aren't going to compete in anything. Normal anybody, not just dudes, but just normal people who aren't planning on competing in anything. Anybody, in anything but they want to be above average. They want to take off their shirt and be impressive, not only to the, those around them, but to themselves, you know. Um, the other day, I... Uh, <laughs> Blakely asked me to grab something. I grabbed something for her and I just picked it up and she goes, your muscles are huge, dad. You're so strong. And I literally almost melted. I looked at her and I was like, that is the best thing you could ever say to me. And she like laughed and then she like flexed at me and then she punched me. (laughs) I don't know if that was like her trying to prove like, look how hard your muscles are. Let me punch you. But stuff like that is so cool. It's like, you know. I hear uh, Shannon and her brother talk about how their their dad was like Superman to them, you know, and like I want that. I want my daughter to be like my dad's Superman he's a savage, like that is a cool thing, so uh, that's that's what I'm after here, you know, um, and the plans after the cut are, I'm going to reverse diet slowly, because there's a lot of people who, uh, I, think, I think the recovery diet's great, and I think it's applicable to people who get stage lean, but I also think there's nothing wrong with reverse dieting slowly, if your hormones are fine, I think uh, everybody is so quick to jump up your calories, and although I do initially make a big jump, I make a big jump that gets halfway to my uh, new maintenance, so for example, if I started at 3,000 calories and my new maintenance is 2,500 calories and I'm at 1,800, I don't jump to 2,500 calories. I still jump to 2,000 or 2,100. So I'll add two, 300 calories. It's a decent jump. You feel it in the beginning, but then I'm going to go baby slow because I want to prove that you can do this the slow route and sustain a lean physique, because I think people can sustain a leaner body than they realize if they just took the patience and self-discipline required to go through a reverse diet properly. Now, if you get to a place where as a female, you lose your menstrual cycle, or as a man, you can't get it up in the morning or anything like that, you might have some hormonal issues that you have to solve. And therefore you might need to increase faster. But usually that happens when either A, your calories are significantly low or B, you're, you're at such low body fat levels that it's unhealthy. So, for example, I'm at pretty damn low body fat levels, but I don't feel like I'm so absolutely shredded that I can't sustain it. So the only reason I would be having negative biofeedback, which my libido is fine. Like it's not the same as it always is because I'm in a deficit. But the point is, is though that's not happening because of my body fat levels per se. It's happening because my calories are lower than they normally are or should be. Therefore, if I bring my calories up, they will return back to normal. and And that's that. So um I'm going to I'm going to the plan afterwards is to reverse diet through summer so the cut or the photo shoot is June 1st. I'm going to spend all summer reverse dieting very slow. I got uh some places that I'm going to want to take off my shirt and do some uh you know just be comfortable and confident. I want to train in the gym shirtless. I've never been a guy who has felt confident training without my shirt on for whatever reason. Um I just haven't, you know, and maybe it's the fat kid in me growing up or, or I just never been that lean, but uh, I'm excited to be able to take off my shirt when it's hot and and I can not wear a sweaty ass t-shirt and I can just train in my own gym with my shirt off, you know, like that's exciting for me. So I'm going to do that all summer. I'm going to reverse slow, try to maintain it. And then when we get into the fall, I'm going to approach it probably from a lean bulk, depending on where I'm at. And I'm going to gain muscle very, very slowly because I want to stay lean and make the next cut very easy on myself, which won't be for probably another year or more because I don't think I need to cut more often than that. And that's what I wanna show people how to do is is look at this from a long-term periodization and lifestyle perspective. So um, guys, that's my physique update. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Uh, It was cool for me to share my thoughts and the insights on it. Um, I rambled a lot. There was no script for this, but I hope that you could see what I'm doing and kind of put yourself in those shoes and kind of take away little nuggets. Maybe uh, bring it up to your coach if you need to, but ultimately just hear everything I'm hearing now Maybe it instills some self-discipline or some willpower, some motivation. Uh, Maybe it encourages you to set a more specific timeline so you're not just kind of going down a long path, not knowing when it ends, but like being very serious and critiquing it Um, and showing you that just because it's summer doesn't mean that you got too much going on to cut. You guys should absolutely still be trying to lose fat. I've had drinks every single weekend There's been a few weeks where it's been twice a week, this whole cut, and I've made progress every single week because that's what flexible dieting is about, and I've implemented a meal plan. So you can do both. You can combine it. So I hope I gave you some new thoughts and ideas. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, And as always, you guys can find everything else we do at tailoredcoachingmethod.com. We appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time.